You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our senior pastor, Jeremy Havlett. The title of the message today is simply this, A Quiet Place. No, it's not a scary movie. We're not gonna run for our lives, but it is called A Quiet Place. Place. This is called A Quiet Place. You know, it's no accident that we finished a series called Disconnected, pulling back from the things that engage us all the time. And now in this series, Rhythms, it's about establishing the healthy habits, specifically the spiritual disciplines that we need to have in our life to be able to walk with God in a better way. And so today I wanna talk, by the way, this is a very simple message. This is a very simple message, and I'm just gonna talk to you very openly and honestly and it's gonna be something, stuff, a lot of the stuff you've heard before. This is a reminder. Let me tell you where this is coming from for me, ready? If I was, and I've done this before on a Sunday morning, if I asked you who's tired in this room, almost everybody would raise their hands. We're tired. And the Lord's been speaking to me over the past couple of weeks and months over margin and rest. You know, what, here, here's a crazy thought. Do you know that we live in a time in history where we have more disposable time than ever before? We have more disposable time on our hands than any other generation that's ever lived in this world. And you're like, it doesn't feel that way, does it? It doesn't, does it? Because the enemy is a thief who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And so we're always running ourselves ragged and we think we're so very, very busy. Corey Tim Boom said this, if, God, if the enemy can't get you to sin, he's gonna get you to be busy because when you're busy, you're disconnected from God. And so where this is coming from is I have a deep sense as a pastor that the thing that all of us, I'm talking to myself by the way today is this, one of the things that God's been speaking to me about is the importance of margin and rest, which is why Pastor Steve talked about Sabbath last week. But let me, start off, let me start off with a thought real quick, ready? And this is a thought that you may or may not agree with, I don't care, this is factual, feelings don't matter, hallelujah. All right, you have time for what you choose to have time for. One of my kids, I won't say who, one of my kids got a splinter at the bottom of their foot this last week, okay? And if you ever, by the way, if you get a splinter, why is it always in the worst place possible? Now, obviously, the bottom of the foot makes sense, walking around barefoot, that's, so, so anyway, so get a splinter down there. But one of my kids, they didn't want to have the tweezers in the bottom of the foot, which I don't blame them. Have you ever gotten a splinter taken out of the bottom of your foot? There's something about that pain which is just miserable. Like, I'd rather get a shot than have tweezers poking at the bottom of my foot. And so our kid was like, no, 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 I'm gonna do it another way. I'm gonna throw some baking soda on that, slap a Band-Aid on that, and in the name of Jesus, with some holy oil, it's gonna come out. Glory! So our kid did this, and for most of the day, was walking around, and at the end of the day, was still hobbling, because the splinter was still in the foot. So finally, through agonizing torture, was like, fine, put the tweezers in my stupid foot and take the stupid splinter out. And so, mom to the rescue. Let me, let me, let me say this, I'm gonna put the tweezers into your life. And I wanna pull out, listen, a lot of us are navigating life in such a, let me put it this way, the life that you want is being prevented by the life that you're currently living. You want a better life, you want peace, but the reason you don't have it is because the life that you're currently living is preventing you from actually accessing it. So I'm here today to tell you this, that the thing that you need that you're missing is not for your circumstances to change, it's for you to be someone who's willing to engage in a quiet place. I know that sounds weird, but I promise you it's life-changing. It really, really is life-changing. I'm actually gonna start start off in Psalm 23. God's word says this. You know this psalm really, really well. It says this. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. By the way, if you just believe that today, you will go different than the way you came. Let me, let me pause here for a second. The Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. Let me, let me, what this means, and all the times in my life where I feel like I have lacked things, it's often because the Lord has not been my shepherd. This has nothing to do with being, listen, you can be a believer, but here's the, here, here's the premise of this, ready? God doesn't wanna just save you from hell and put you into heaven. We trust God with our eternities. Where we have a hard time trusting God with is in our minds. This is where we have a hard time trusting God. And every time that I've lacked something in my life, it's because in my mind, he has not been my shepherd. Do you know who's been my shepherd? Me. Or fear, or anxiety. And so I'm here to tell you something. It's the psalmist, David, it's the most beautiful thing. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, ready? I lack nothing. And how many times where I felt like I've lacked so many things, I go to the root issue is this, I haven't trusted God. I haven't him. He's not been the shepherd. But let's keep going though. And I want you to see this is beautiful. In verse two, he says this. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And this is the only verse, two verses we're gonna look from this psalm. The good shepherd, he takes you and it ends verse two by saying this, to quiet waters. I've done a lot of funerals as a pastor and I often use this passage of scripture, the whole chapter. And if you've been to a funeral, and I know a lot of you in this room have, you've heard me say many times over again, why does a shepherd lead sheep to quiet waters? Well, the reason why a a shepherd would lead sheep to quiet waters is because if the waters the shepherd leads the sheep to are noisy waters, if danger comes to try, like a wolf comes to try and kill the sheep and the waters are rushing and the shepherd calls out to the sheep to say, danger, there's danger coming and the sheep don't hear the shepherd's voice because of the noise of the waters, guess what happens? The wolf comes and takes away the sheep. So the shepherd in his goodness takes the sheep to quiet waters. Why quiet waters? Because it's in the stillness that the sheep can hear the shepherd's voice. So think about this for a second. We're so busy and we're so tired. Let me put it another way. We feel very busy and we're so tired And the thing that we need is a quiet place to restore our souls and yet we can't ever seem to get there. How crazy is that? Because the thing that you need, the thing that you need this week, today, tomorrow, the day after, is actually, listen, I know you came in here weighted down for God to try and change the circumstance or situation and you're asking God for that and you're believing God for that. And and listen, those are good things to bring at the Lord's feet, but what you need is to be beside quiet waters and stillness, a quiet place. Because this changes so many different things. Let me just, let's take Christianity out of this for a second. Just for one second, do you know that science, you know what science, or or things that would tell you, that if you learn to be quiet on a regular daily basis, you know what science, you know how that actually improves your everyday life? So let's take Christianity out of this for just a moment, ready? This is what science tells us if we learn to actually get quiet, to meditate, to just be silent for a while. It says this, do you know that it reduces our stress? Just learning to be quiet reduces our stress. Let me tell you another thing, it helps control anxiety. It's proven that if you learn to take that moment and to be quiet, it helps do that. It promotes emotional health. My wife, listen, I, and I've said this before, sometimes large groups of people stress me out. Anyone else in that category? Which is weird because the job I have is large groups of people. You're like, well, pastor, it stresses me out. And so sometimes, let me tell you a secret about me. If I don't get away to have alone Jeremy time, I'm cranky. 
My family will tell you that. And my wife will say this, please, for the love of all that's holy, go be by yourself for a while. Get the heck out of being around people, you cranky old son of a gun, and just be quiet. And if I just get, and I'm not even talking like days, if I have a period of time where I don't have to be anybody, I can just be Jeremy, there's something about that to my mind that I'm like, oh, okay, whew, I'm a little bit better right now. Anyone else in that room like this? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. I'm just telling you, emotional health. And it's weird how when your cup is so full, the next bad thing that happens, it could be a small thing. You like... Go crazy because you're so tired. You're so, we're all so tired. It promotes, just being quiet promotes emotional health. Here's another thing, ready? It enhances self-awareness. Let, let, me, let me say something real quick. All of us in this room have blind spots. You have things that you do that are unbelievably annoying. Now, here's the thing. We are experts at highlighting other people's blind spots. Let me just tell you something as a pastor, ready? This drives me nuts. Whenever people come to me and say, pastor, can you do some marriage counseling for us? What they really mean is, can you fix my spouse for me? because they're not doing what I want them to do. If you can make them better, then everything's gonna be fine. You don't mean, can you actually fix our marriage? You mean, can you fix my spouse? That's what you mean. Now this, this is, I just keep, I don't know why I'm keeping it so real today. I guess I am. Anyway, where am I now? I don't even know where I am. Self-awareness. You're great at pointing out other people's problems. By the way, if you don't see that you have problems, I'm here to tell you something. You have them, blind spots. When you get alone for a moment, and it helps enhance self-awareness. These are all things that have nothing to do. Listen, take Christianity out of it for a second. You know what happens when you spend time alone, by the way? It can help lengthen attention span. The weirdest thing is happening to me that my attention span is getting less and less and less. We need to learn to lengthen our attention span. It may reduce, here's another one, ready? It may actually reduce, there's links that would suggest that it actually would reduce age-related memory loss. Just quietness. Here's another thing. By the way, there's 12 of them. I'm gonna go through the next quick. Um, it can generate kindness. While you're driving, before you drive, just spend some time alone. Just be quiet. It may help fight addictions. Here's one, ready? Just being quiet actually can improve sleep. You know how many people in this room don't get good sleep? A lot of us. You lay your head down on the pillow. You know for me, one of the worst things about falling asleep is this. The moment right before I fall asleep, if I hear a noise, it wakes me up, that's it, I'm done. If I'm like at the zone of getting ready to fall asleep, but then something happens, like I'm like, oh, and then I hear something, I'm like, boom, wide awake, and then good luck getting me back to sleep. Who, anyone else in there? Okay. Do you know that just spending time quietly actually helps with getting sleep at night? Here's another thing. And this is, it helps actually control pain. It can decrease blood pressure, and it's accessible anywhere. You can find time to be quiet. Think about a God who loves you enough. Where does God lead you? He leads you to a quiet place. And you came into church today to seek after God. And I'm here to tell you something. God is waiting to be able to talk with you, to be able to meet with you. But I'm here to tell you something. He's waiting for you at a quiet place. Let, let, me, let me give you some thoughts, ready? Why don't we ever go and allow God to lead us to this quiet place? Well, the main reason we never allow this to happen is because our minds are often in a hurry. You cannot shut the valve off to your thoughts, can you? And there's different levels based on what you're going through. And by the way, I, I say as a pastor all the time, appearances are deceiving. We make the assumption that everyone else's life is better than our life and no one's going through what we're going through, which is a false assumption. And it is so easy, and I'm speaking to myself, to allow our minds to run wild. It is so easy to allow our minds to go a thousand miles an hour. Let me, let me just, and I ask permission from my mom to be able to tell you guys this. 
My mom, who leads House of Hope, it's in three different countries, and not apart from that, she's my mom. They live right next to us. My mom travels back and forth. Well, my mom got back from Bolivia. This is at the end of August, I think. And she got back from Bolivia, and she was sick, and she had several infections. But since getting back from Bolivia, I've seen a decline in my mom, and she's not gotten back to where she was before the trip. And so there was some concern I had for my mom. While she was in Bolivia, here she is leading this incredible organization, rescuing women out of prostitution, not just women, girls. In Bolivia, she rescued several girls. Two were under the age of 10. And, but she's not, she wasn't doing well. And my mom's doing this thing and she's trying to lead them. Well, she goes and she does some tests and some things like that and they find a ton of nodules on her lungs. Have you ever, I said this in the Disconnected series, you ever self-diagnose? Nodules on lungs, like red flags flaring up everywhere. Now my mom, who I've known for 41 years at this point, whenever I've seen her in these moments, my mom has always said, God has a way and I trust in him. So she's just like, I got some nodules. We'll just see what happens. Of course, that's not the case for all the people around her. <laughs> what does that mean? Nodules. And, and, then, and then on the top of it, trying to see a lung specialist, but can't, the lung, no one was actually calling her back. So she had no access to be able to see a lung specialist. So she goes to, uh, where was she? Nicaragua. And she flew back last week and got back. And I still see a decline. Now, here's the thing. For Jeremy, in my mind and in my thoughts, just this one little area of my mom, like, okay, is it cancer? And if it's cancer, what does that mean? Is it metastasized somewhere else in her body? And if my mom, but I had always made the assumption that my dad would die first. I know that sounds crazy and awful. But I was like, dad's gonna die and then mom will be around for a long time. This is the first time that I was like, mom may die first and my dad may be around and I have to take care of him. It's one of the reasons we have them next to each other. And in my mind, I could have easily gone in a thousand different directions and says, how long does she have to live? What's happening here? Do we need to start planning? Do we need to go on a family vacation? Like I went to, like it's easy to go to level 10. At night as I'm dealing with church stuff, I'm thinking about my mom. And then if my mom dies, who's gonna help care for House of Hope? There is nobody that can fit the role that she fits in. So Lord, what are you doing? You don't know what you're doing. All of this because there's some nodules on her lungs, which is real. Anyone understand what I'm talking about? But there's a quiet place. There's a place that exists that you can go to where you can take the things that are driving you in this place and you can say, Lord, I hand them to you. And I will tell you this about my mom. They don't have an inheritance to pass down to me like when they die. I actually have, the only inheritance I think they've given me is a spanking spoon that I got spanked with when I was a kid. That's like, which I probably can't say anymore because the world we live in, someone's gonna call me or something. Anyway. They handed me the spanking spoon that I got spanked with when I was a kid. They go, son, we pass this on to you. Anywho, and it, by the way, I've said this, my mom bought purses big enough to fit the spanking spoon in. Y'all wanna know? That's the, but I have a greater, I have a much greater legacy in this is that I have watched my mom say, God, I trust you no matter what I see. Why? Why does, why? Because there's a quiet place. Do you know that in the midst of everything that you're facing in your life and the thoughts that you can't seem to escape, that there's a quiet place and a shepherd who wants to lead you to there besides still waters. It exists and it's real. And I'm here to tell you, you will look at me and say, well, it's nice for you to go to the quiet place, pastor, because you're a pastor. I'm here to tell you something. I have all kinds of things that want to disturb my quiet place. All kind, just a church this size. We have two locations, a bunch of staff. We had a staff transition in, the mo- in, in this time. What's gonna happen with this? I, the amount of things that can disturb my quiet place are pretty enormous. And yet I've learned more and more is that God is bigger than the things that I wanna come against. 
But the only reason you know that is because there's a quiet place. Let me, let me two thoughts, ready, about our minds. A lot of us, one of the reasons our minds are often in a hurry is because we're trying to get out of something we don't wanna be in. You don't wanna be in it, do you? You don't like it. Or you're trying to pursue something you wanna be in. You're either getting out of something or you're getting into something. And so your minds are always in overdrive. If you're single, you wanna be married. If you're in financial stress, you wanna be not in financial stress. If you're in a situation where you hate your job, you wanna not hate your job. If you're dealing with a very difficult medical situation or your kids have a problem, but all of us in this room are either trying to get out of something and get into something, and those are often related. And so when you lay your head down at night, what are you doing? You're problem solving how to get out of something and how to get into something. We do this on a constant basis. And then to top it all off, guess what? Our lives are now revolving around this. Which is why if we don't learn to get disconnected. But here's the thing, we're tired. I'm talking like exhausted to the bone. And all the reasons I just told you, by the way, of just getting quiet time and rest, how that improves you, that's what taking Christianity out of it. I'm here to tell you something. It's so much better when you add Christianity into it. Because when you go to the quiet place and you spend it with God, it changes a lot of things. I want you to look at, a, look, look at this verse. It's gonna be on the screen, Luke 5, 16. I'm reading from the NIV actually in this one, but God's word says this. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. You know why I love this? This is for me, and this is like biblical symmetry in some ways. Jesus is living out Psalm 23. And the thing I love about Jesus is this. He says, the shepherd takes you to a quiet place. When Jesus is walking on this earth, you know what Jesus is doing? He's going to be with the shepherd in the quiet place. He withdrew. Now I want you to, you would say, well that's nice, he's Jesus, he did everything perfectly. He was perfect, but I'm here to tell you something. He didn't have less pressure than you have or I have. He had way more. And I'm here to tell you something else, ready? You think you've been betrayed? I promise you he was. You feel, he, you feel like you're lonely? I promise you he was lonely. If you wonder how to do things, he faced all the same things we faced. The Bible just said he did it without sinning. So he knows what it's like to be in your shoes, which is the most amazing thing about God to begin with. He walked it, he lived it. And in our shoes, Jesus withdrew all the time to a quiet place. I want you to see the verse very bef very, right before the one we just finished reading, ready? Right before the verse we just finished reading, I want you to see Luke 5, 15. Yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. This is the verse that precedes Jesus going to be alone. And we imagine Jesus going to be alone, he gets his coffee done, he has a nice little journal. We imagine like some worship music on in the background. He's just, no. He is being hammered on all sides. In other words, he's not getting a break. By the way, in scripture, when you see Jesus falling asleep, the reason why Jesus was falling asleep is because he was exhausted because everyone wanted something from him. He's always, give, Lord, help, 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 help. He had nowhere to turn where he could just finally, ah. And so Jesus is getting pressure on all sides. So what does Jesus do? Well, he goes to be alone. Let me put these two together, back to back. Luke 5, 15 and 16. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He went to be with his good shepherd. So here, here, ready? I'm gonna bottom line you for a second. The pressure that life brought against Jesus didn't pull him away from prayer. It actually drew him to prayer. So you know what happens to us? The pressure of life, do you know what it does? it causes us to withdraw and to toss God Hail Mary prayers. God, if it is your will, please. But we withdraw. 
We isolate, we insulate, and we get quiet. And our, we get quiet on the outside, but our minds never stop running. We're going 1,000 miles an hour constantly. Well, the demands of life didn't actually cause Jesus to actually back away from prayer. It actually caused him to walk into it even more. There's something even more profound, though, that I think is, is beautiful in this. How is Jesus ever gonna complete his mission, the thing that he's called to do? And he was clear from the moment that he started ministry, even in his whole life, that he was here on a mission. His mission, by the way, which we know is to die to forgive us of our sins. What an incredible mission. I mean, life altering forever and ever and ever that he would do this for us. Absolutely incredible. But in order to complete that mission, not only had to die on the cross, but he had to face all of the people who absolutely hated him. How was he able to face the people who hated him? How was he able to, to look at the people who he was giving his life for and who yelled horrible things at him? I believe the reason he was able to do all that is because he was at a quiet place with the one who loved him more than anyone else could imagine. How are you and I gonna complete the mission that God has called us to do as husbands and fathers and mothers and wives and kids? How are we gonna live this life in such a way where we're actually leaving it better than the way we came? How do we complete a mission that God has called us to do it if all we're ever doing is surviving the life coming against us? The only way we can actually accomplish it is because we get to a place that's quiet and the same happened with Jesus. He was able to face those who hated him because he spent time with the one who loved him. And I would tell you this, the thing that you are missing. Listen, the science would say that getting quiet benefits you in all these different ways. Do you know what would benefit you the most is the creator of the sun, moon, and stars spending time with you and telling you, I believe in you. I love you. And by the way, God doesn't look for perfect people, but do you know what God wants to do? He wants to perfect us, meaning he wants to shape us and change us. He wants to address the issues in our life because some of the reason why we're not sleeping and we have problems is because we made stupid decisions. You jacked some stuff up, didn't you? You were impulsive and you shouldn't have been. You were, did a bad financial move and you shouldn't have done it. And so if you spend time with God, you know what's gonna happen? God can redeem all those things, but God is gonna love you and hold on to you. And he's gonna say, listen, this is the most beautiful thing about God. All things work together for good to those that love him. So he can take your life, he can take my life the story's not finished. The chapter's not over. And we spend time with God. And do you know what happens in a quiet place? The God who created everything is gonna speak to you and guide you in such a way that you can go into the world and face all of the things that cause you to be stressed out and face them in such a way where guess what? Now you're grounded. And you're, listen, it doesn't mean it's easy. It means that you're gonna be okay. A quiet place does this. If you're in a broken relationship, do you know what a quiet place can do? God can heal you of that wound. If you're wrestling with a medical situation, do you know what a quiet place can do? It can help you to give you hope and to give you the strength that you need. If you're dealing with financial stress, do you know what a quiet place is gonna do? It's gonna tell you that God is the provider of all things and that he who, who neither slumbers nor sleeps will watch out for you. The stress that you're dealing with out there, when you bring it to a quiet place, you'll see that God is everything that you need him to be. And guess what? He's the shepherd. And because he's your shepherd, guess what? You lack nothing. Let me give you a thought, ready? I think a lot of us spend our time thinking that we have to wait on God to do stuff. I have a thought for you this week, ready? God is actually waiting for you. 
the greatest work that God wants to do is actually in your mind this week. He wants you to start living differently, thinking differently. And I am concerned as a pastor that we are so, the noise is so loud that we can no longer hear the shepherd calling our name. I'm here to tell you something. The shepherd knows your name, the hairs you have on your head. He has the plan that he has for your life. I want us to, actually I don't even know where I am in my notes. I want you to actually look at Psalm 23 from the message version of the Bible. Now the message is a paraphrase, but I want you to see this, ready? This is, what he, uh, this is what is written in the message version. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Do you know the verse you need this week? True to your word, you let me catch my breath. And then ready? You send me in the right direction. This is not an easy thing, guys. This is a hard thing. Because the world that we live in is clamoring and noisy and loud. But if you and I pull back for a second, it can be life-changing. Let me give you three quick things, super fast, ready? Three quick thoughts. Number one is this. Don't surrender your agenda, or, or excuse me, surrender your agenda and expectations. The next thing I want you to know about getting quiet with the Lord is this. Don't quit just because you didn't have a burning bush experience. Some of you live in the movies in your head. You think that you're gonna spend time with God and doves are gonna fly around and like Moses and Elijah are gonna come talk to you. And so you're like, well, I didn't have a massive experience. Listen, don't quit just because you didn't have a burning bush experience. Do you know what'll change? Is you getting quiet consistently over time. That's gonna change things. And actually, the third point is this. Make it a part of your everyday life. The reason I'm standing here with you is because of a quiet place. I never thought I would be a pastor in the U.S. In fact, my degree is actually to be a missionary for the rest of my life. And I believed with all my heart that I would die in the mission field. And so a couple of years ago, back in 2013, before Renovation Church started, it was the Lord guided us to come back to, my wife and I, we had two kids at that point, to come back to the States to be senior pastors. And I was like, God, you're wrong. You haven't seen the plan for my life. And so we came back to the Simpsonville area. I know you never told God he's wrong. I know you're perfect, that's awesome. I have many times. And the moment before the decision to come back to the US to be senior pastors, I stayed the night in downtown Greenville. We were missionaries. Our son was newborn, my daughter was three and a half years old. I never thought I'd be a pastor in the US, a senior pastor in the US. And I'm faced with the decision of what I think God is calling me to do. And I don't know what's gonna happen next in my life. And I'm downtown Greenville and I'm all by myself. And in the morning I get up and I walk around and it's just quiet. And at that place, I just, I knew it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Okay, Lord, this is you, this is not Jeremy. And he sealed that in my mind and he sealed that in my heart eight and a half years, or nine years ago. That one moment in a quiet place 
that one moment where God sealed that in my mind where I was like, okay, God, this is you. Led my wife and I to move back to the States, which then allowed it so that Renovation Church could happen. I would have never guessed that God would have done all of this in a million years, but God knew it. And this is what I've learned about a quiet place. I don't have to have tomorrow figured out. I actually just have to trust the one who does have it figured out. His way is always better. And do you know what I've come to learn, which is even more beautiful, is this, is because God has tomorrow figured out, I can actually learn to rest in the quiet moments because because he's the shepherd I'm not he knows the beginning from the end and so if I learn to trust him in the moment to hear his voice and to say okay God it doesn't make sense to me right now but I'm all in guess what then I'll be in the quiet place how many things does God want to do in your life and in your every day in the quiet place that's going to benefit you down the road my point is is that rest comes in the quiet place it's real and God is waiting for you this week Let's end in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for all of us in this room. I know there's a lot of burdens that came into church today. A lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of uncertainty about the future. A lot of deep concern. And yet, Lord, if we've made a decision to follow you, Jesus, our main job is honestly just to get quiet before you. What's what more beautiful spiritual discipline can there be? What more beautiful rhythm can there be that we would be men and women of all ages and backgrounds that would learn to be quiet before you and just quiet? My prayer, God, is that we would be quiet. This week, we would just allow stillness into our life. For some of us in this room, that might mean going on a walk just alone with you, God. For some of us, that might mean just listening to worship music, sitting down. For some of us, that might mean, Lord, late at night. For some of us, this might mean early in the morning. For some of us, this might actually be the commute to work. Lord, I just pray that those of us in this room who came in with burdens, who are weighted down, who are not able to sleep because their minds are constantly going, Lord, that we would allow you, the good shepherd, we would trust you enough to go to the quiet place with you and to do it in such a way, God, to make space for you to carry us through. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for today. We love you. In your holy name we pray. Everyone said. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.